the TARDIS. It can travel anywhere in time and space. And it's mine. Please. Look at it. Go on, say. Most people do. On the outside. Hey, what's up, and welcome back to Smaller on the Outside, or as I would like to call it, Sotocast, the first, the best, and the only Doctor Who podcast that you just can't miss. My name is Dave, and I will be the Time Lord with you this evening, and with me as always is... Andy! Who is the companion? If this is the first time you are listening to this podcast, we are a TV show podcast. We mostly talk about Doctor Who, but every now and then we'll talk about a different show while Doctor Who's on hiatus. Um, this whole entire season of the podcast, which is the ninth season, uh, has been about rewatching Doctor Who seasons one through ten of the newer modern day series. Uh, and we just got done talking about the tenth season, and today is about the Christmas special, which of course aired on Christmas. It is the only new episode that we have talked about all season long. <laughs> so this is the season nine finale of the podcast talking about the last episode of season 10 <laughs> of Doctor Who. So, uh, I feel like I feel like we well. should get another season in there before the next Doctor Who season comes in just so we can match it. <laughs> just, just so that it's, it's so that's matching, you know. Um, so this episode was a long time coming. It, it was highly hyped for good and bad reasons both, uh, which I guess we'll get into. Yes. But uh <laughs> but a lot of it was spoiled and before we actually were able to see it, the actual Facebook page and YouTube and YouTube page for Doctor Who had the video, which granted did say spoiler alert. Yeah, uh, had the video of the regeneration. They posted it up um, after it aired in the UK. So technically, they posted it after the first airing. Which yeah, I don't know if you but for um, the most part. If you ever follow, like, uh, live programs like uh, uh, American Idol or probably The Voice does it, I'm guessing, or, or uh, even Saturday Night Live sometimes, if you follow, like, their social media, they will post clips um, and even spoilers from the show um, as it airs on the East Coast, even though in the West Coast it airs three hours later. So I, under- I, I do understand that, yeah. but for the most part, I think the Doctor Who page has been pretty good about it. Other than, you know, the official releases, um, talking about who the new Doctor is going to be and blah, 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 blah. That stuff has been around since before, like, Season 10 and, and things of the nature. Uh, well, not before Season 10. The, the, the release was after it, I think. Yeah, it was. Season 10 was over. But you knew it was going to happen regardless. So, like, a lot of stuff that ha- actually happened in this episode, who was in it, and what it was about was either theorized about or it was downright, you, you knew it was going to happen before it happened, um, at least since the last episode of season 10. Uh, a lot of it anyway. Some of it was still surprising, but I, I Yeah, we did a pretty to... good job predicting what the story was going to be. Yeah, the last time, uh, our last episode, we had theorized about maybe what the episode was going to be about because of what the first Doctor was saying right. in the background. He's like, oh, I will not change. No, 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 that's preposterous, or whatever he was saying. See, when I when uh, I first watched The Doctor Falls, and he said that, I thought he was mocking the 12th Doctor. I thought he was mocking yeah. the Doctor, too, but upon the rewatch, I was like, okay, he, he could 
also be uh, experiencing the same thing, so maybe they're right. both going to have to help each other understand the importance of regeneration. Yeah, so the the original theory the original about. theory I had was that the first Doctor was going to be there to help the Twelfth Doctor understand why it's important to regenerate, and in the end, they both kind of had to help each other. Actually, the Twelfth, it was more the opposite of that. The tw- yeah, yeah, because the first Doctor had never regenerated before, so how can he really know the importance of right. it? It makes sense, because in this episode, he was afraid of right. it, because it's never happened before. Oof. And then with Peter Paldi, he was afraid of it because it's happened way too many times. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of uh, they're mirroring opposites, basically. Um, so to start with the episode, um, time has stopped. It has frozen. And the Doctors have helped each other. At the very beginning, you see a transition about one of the last episodes of the first Doctor. Or the last episode of the first Doctor. Um, yes, it was. Um, I believe it's called uh, the, the Tenth Planet. Yeah, the Tenth Planet is the last episode with William Hartnell. As the first Doctor, and that was also the first uh, story with the Cybermen, just like uh, with the same kind of Cybermen that uh, Capaldi just ran into, you know. And uh, and then at the end of that one, that's the one where he basically sat out for most of the story. And then at the, at yeah. the end, he regenerates. Into so the they did doctor. land on like a frozen, like a South Pole thing. Um, let's see. Uh, where was the location? Main setting, Antarctica. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. The tenth planet probably refers to Mondas, you know, the the planet of the Cybermen. Yeah. The Cybermen. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it looks like it took place in Antarctica, which is the South Pole, which is where uh, uh, Capaldi exits his TARDIS in the South Pole. Okay, so it was actually, it was being pretty good yeah. there. Um, so, what's going on here is he's about to regenerate, and they, like, stop his regeneration somehow by putting him in this little cage thing, um, and then he steps out, but he's, he, it's still gonna happen, he just delayed it, just like Capaldi has, for the most mm-hmm. part. Um, now, I need somebody to explain the first Doctor's TARDIS, the logistics The of fact it. that it was smaller? Well, not only smaller, but the doors, you could see the outside of the doors, um, and they weren't police box oh, doors. Oh, yeah, and yeah, I know, that was and then they walk out, <laughs> and it's police box. It doesn't doors. make any sense. No, if you watch the original series, I was thinking that the whole time. Uh, it, it's not until I'm guessing probably the third or fourth Doctor that they start looking like police do- police doors inside. Not yeah, because not only is the TARDIS itself the outside of it super tiny, yeah. but uh, you see that the outside is definitely you know pol- still police box doors, and then from the inside there are just these gigantic thick doors that open with a sound. And you want to know something interesting about the first Doctor's TARDIS? There's an episode, I believe it's called The Ark, uh, I could be wrong on that, where uh, it's it's very early on in, I think it's the first season, and it's like the third or fourth, it's very very early, um, and um, somebody references the TARDIS as being a black box. It's a dark box. Uh, Well, it's a black and white show, so they might have said that because it was black and white show, uh, but it's possible that the, uh, the prop may have been painted black because it was black and white at the time and so the actor called it a black box instead of a blue box so but uh you know we didn't get color doctor who until the third doctor so they, but this was it was he still had a dark but i do believe there was a blue general. prop at some point for william hartnell because i think there was color uh promotional pictures which showed him in front of a blue tardis but i thought that was interesting when i was watching that episode and somebody referenced the tardis as a black box yeah uh okay so that was that oh and another that interesting thing that. about the first doctor's tardis uh i don't know if they've done this in um some of the other doctors is uh it it had a machine that like could create any food or drink that you wanted oh, that's like cool. uh, i don't know if you watch the orville but uh they have something similar in that as well <laughs> i'm a little behind on it but not by far but yes i watched yes. that too 
Um, and then, so, time has stopped, like I said before, and so then Stephen Moffat's friend, uh, Mark Gatiss. And the interesting thing about why, I, I have a feeling the reason he's in this one is because he wrote that adventure in space and time with, uh, David Bradley as William Hartnell. Oh, yeah. Which, by the so way, is probably group, his yeah. best written story out of the entire thing. <laughs> Uh, I I I always I always uh, make fun of Mark Gatiss's writing in Doctor Who, but uh, his adventure in space and time was actually really good, and he wrote that. Well, that's fine. It's not it's I not a Doctor Who it. episode technically, so. All right, no, I have that. <laughs> yeah, you definitely need to watch it. It's really good. Um, so he's a character in this. He's a World War One officer or sergeant or whatever he is, soldier, and uh, he's about to die in World War One, and that's part of when time was stopped. And for some reason, he's able to teleport over to where the doctors are. No, um, and, uh, the the enemy, the sort of enemy, the the, the uh, what are they called? Testimonies, the testimonials. The testimonials, right. yeah. They say what they do is they pull people away right before they're dying. So what they were doing, they were pulling him away, and then uh, I think when the doctors decided not to regenerate, that screwed up time, and so he was able to get away from them when when that happened. But it was also a different time time zone. I guess they screwed up all of time place. or something when they when they decided not to regenerate, probably. Well, the other time that time stopped and screwed up everything was Matt Smith, right? What do you mean? Well, when time was the same everywhere, so there's dinosaurs and then... Oh, yeah, that would be... You know, yeah. That'd be the Wedding of River song, right? Was, oh, yeah, 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 the, the two-parter. It was, it was supposed to be a two-parter, but it wasn't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> or it should have been, anyway. It should have been. So, he's about to die. They stopped it before he was died to collect him, but he just kind of gurries away and finds the doctors, and uh, so their main thing is they have to save him. They don't really know why, but they have to save him from this crystallized glass people known as the testimonials who take people before they die, uh, and uh, they're basically... Basically, they want to trade his life for Bill's. Yeah, the way that was set up was a little confusing. I guess they said, let us... Especially for for how it actually turns yeah, out. Yeah, it, it sounded like they were saying, give us him and and we will let you speak with Bill. I think that's what they said, something like that. But they speak to her. Yeah, so they, they speak to her anyway. Uh, or Actually, they didn't, say, they didn't specifically say Bill, did they? The way they worded that. Uh, I have... Bill, well, I don't know. When he came out, he spoke to her and said, I'm Bill a bunch of times. Right, but maybe they were referring to Clara. They didn't say Bill. Let me, let me find the, let me find the, uh, the scene where they say that when they were being uh, uh, weird about it, I thought they were actually talking to the first doctor about you know his companion right. or something that in this generation would be dead. But I don't know. Here we go. I found it. It says, uh, "Let the guy out. Of, take the guy out of the TARDIS, and in exchange, you you will speak with her again." And so they could have been referring to Bill, but it's possible they could have been referring to Clara as well. Well, Bill stepped out of the entry place before, right? Which is why I'm uh, thinking that. People which is why I'm thinking they could have been talking about Clara, because maybe they were saying once the doctor gives up the general, which is what he does in the end, then you will speak with her again, and which is when he speaks with Clara. So I think that may be what they were talking about there, and it wasn't very clear at the time. Because they just said her. They didn't say Bill. I guess, but it, it's a double meaning anyways. Right. It could be either one of them. Um, so Bill pops out, and the doctor's not entirely sure if it's her because she was turned into a Cyberman the last time he saw her. Right. He thinks, uh, he thinks she's a dude. We know, and then the conf most probably the most confusing part of this episode, at least to me, is that we know that she's a different kind of alive with Water Lady, and which is she even mentions in this. But it's it's kind of confusing as to why she's like a testimony. Right. So uh, at this time, Bill doesn't 
Bill mentions going away with Heather, but then she doesn't know where Heather is, and it it almost seems like she doesn't remember what happened after she went away with Heather. So that's kind of interesting to me because, as we know, these testimonials, they take people away right before they die. So maybe Heather was a testimonial or something at that time. Um you think well i mean she's kind of like that she was or yeah she wasn't glass she, she wasn't was, glass but water. maybe she used their power or or she was connected to them somehow maybe she took them maybe she took bill to the testimonials i don't know what happened here but it seemed like maybe instead of going off on adventures she just went to the testimonials and had her memories uploaded at that point that's what it seems like to me because because she didn't seem to have any more memories beyond the end of the Doctor Falls. Now, another interesting thing about the episode was, of course, the opposite of modern Doctor Who and the first Doctor, which they're coming off with the idea that he's sexist <laughs> and... Uh, well, here's the thing. Uh, I don't know. Did you watch the after show I gave you the link to? No, I never So, uh, Stephen Moffat talks about this a little bit. Basically, he says, this obviously doesn't make any sense with... Uh, with Doctor Who um, in modern sense because, you know, the Time Lords are all from the future. They're more advanced than humans. They shouldn't have this kind of uh, mindset, right? But then again, if you go back and watch the first Doctor, he kind of does say these kind of things sometimes <laughs> because it was filmed in the 60s. So basically right. it does and kind I of make so. sense for him to be like that in the show because he was like that in the actual show. Well, I, people on comments were saying I never saw him ever do this in the show. So I, I, I was wondering well Stephen Moffat said he did I, I think it was a little bit more subtle uh, back then than than uh, than it was probably in this story they were they're playing it up a little bit more um, in this story but uh, it was it was there to a degree you can't say things like that it was there to a degree and it's also you get positives and negatives from both sides of the doctor so um, you know our modern doctor Peter Capaldi would be like you can't say things like this to women but then the first doctor was like cry out loud just look at at the look at the woman if it's a computerized you know it wouldn't it would yeah be a simple, he, he was uh, he was the one that's telling the the doctor to stop using the stupid sonic glasses <laughs> yeah and which was interesting but at the same time i just saw this um they were making the argument that a computer can't generate a what a non-asymmetrical well no know. they weren't necessarily saying that but they're saying if it was computer generated it probably would be perfectly symmetrical well that's fine but i literally just saw computerized images that a computer tried to generate based off of celebrities or whatnot and they did have people who were not symmetri symmetrical it was like realistic they had a little bit of a lazy eye here and there they had you know things like that and it was right but i think that's that's more if they're specifically trying to emulate that but in this case i guess the doctor was just saying if they're just if it was just a random computer projected face it would probably be pretty perfect you know and so it wouldn't it so the fact that it wasn't made him think that maybe it wasn't computer generated that's all, all right so uh they decide that he he's not okay with letting one person live one person die he has to figure this out for himself before he makes any kind of decision like that so they all escape by making the tardis drop and they jump on the cords that are dropping the tardis and and i don't understand this why they don't just go into the tardis but whatever. yeah why didn't they go inside uh is it because it's being held i don't know yeah maybe it couldn't it fly could away be, yeah but, this, but even they could have so, rode it like I, an elevator <laughs> yes they could have climbed down while it was falling down just be like all right everybody get get inside uh but anyways they drop down to the ground and they decide to go in the old hardest uh by uh 
you know, the first Doctor. Mm -hmm. One of the things I mentioned beforehand is they're calling the Doctor the Doctor of War, and you're thinking War Doctor at this point. Right. Right? Uh, But the Doctor of War is different than the War Doctor. Yeah, that's basically just a name they give him because of all the things he's been through, I guess. Yeah, and that he is a Doctor of War, so he, whenever they're, like, in this episode specifically about what happened in the end, he doctors the war. Um, (laughs) I see. Anyways, he jumps into the first Doctors, um, and we see, like, a different time vortex. Yeah, this, I I think this right here is probably a look forward at, there was was a few effects here in this uh, this episode that I noticed that were different. Um, The time Time Vortex definitely look different than... than we, we haven't really seen the Time Vortex with Capaldi, um, from what I remember. I don't know if we've if, if we've seen much of that with him. No, it, it, you basically have just the gears in the beginning. It's usually the thing in the beginning that um, that is the Time Vortex. Well, it was with but Matt this time Smith. it was just the gears. Yeah, the gears and the clock. Or Peter yeah, it was, it was with all the previous Doctors. But, with Peter but Capaldi, you're thinking this, this, this water... Yeah, I'm thinking that's like, what we're going to get from the future now. So I think uh, with, with the... With the next season, that's probably what we're going to see with the time vortex, and also the regeneration was different effects as well. I thought it was pretty similar. It was similar, but it was slightly different. It was it was a little bit more like lightning than like just like like a uh, yellow light. It was more like uh, thinner strips, so it was more like lightning. So I think that that so might be like the flash. Yeah, it might it, that might be more of the effect we're going to go for for the, whatever the next regeneration might be down the line. All right. So they okay. So where they go is apparently the center of the universe and it's the rundown world they said it, well, they, they said it was the biggest database fire, right the biggest database which is a graveyard of daleks i immediately thought and of daleks when they said biggest database did you i didn't even think about it till the end not even when they were getting shot at um now apparently apparently this is rusty yep this is, this is the this is the same um, into the dalek. dalek that they they climbed into into the yep. dalek with um and that was like his first season right mm-hmm. yeah that was it was a, only a few episodes in i think got some face huggers in there um, <laughs> also uh another notable mention is that the first doctor doesn't know what a sonic screwdriver is yes uh the sonic screwdriver didn't appear i believe until uh at least the second doctor possibly the third there was a story in the second doctor where uh he had a sonic device he didn't call it screwdriver he had a sonic device that got him out of a, a jail cell i believe uh and it did make a similar sound to the sonic screwdriver and he did use it to unscrew something uh, <laughs> but he didn't call it a screwdriver. But I, I'm not. I'm not sure then if the sonic screwdriver, the actual one, started later in the second Doctor, or if it started with the third Doctor when they actually called it that. It might be the third. Would we consider uh, this one, another one of those um, whatever it's called? Where it, was it the chicken or the egg came first? Uh, things did he learn about the sonic screwdriver through the Doctor? Uh. <laughs> uh, you know? That's cool. Yeah, that's probably. Uh, is that the reason why the sonic screwdriver exists? Is because of Peter? That's Paul? certainly possible. Because he's just about to turn into the second doctor so maybe he goes and finds a sonic screwdriver after that <laughs> yeah. all right so um this is also the world where we find out that bill is a testimonial uh and basically well he goes up to rusty is bill because... he goes up to rusty to find out what these guys uh evil plan is and he finds out there's no evil plan he's like i don't know what to do when there's not an evil plan 
<laughs> exactly, yeah. There, Because it, it, the Dalek, it, while it's not entirely a good Dalek, which they said the Doctor once again is a good yeah, Dalek, cool. uh, that it was not necessarily bad either because it does want to destroy Dalek, uh, which is fine and dandy, but it was basically there to figure out what's going on with the testimonials, and it's just that these people are just gathering people's memories and creating physical ghosts, yeah. more or less. And interesting, uh, I just I just read this. Uh, the, the place they're at right now is called Villengard, and this was a location mentioned only once before in The Doctor Dances from uh, from uh, Eccleston's run. That really? was written by Stephen Moffat as well. So That's interesting. I probably wouldn't One catch of the it, first, like, the, yeah. So the first Stephen Moffat story references a location featured in the last Stephen Moffat story. Assuming he doesn't come back and write episodes or anything, right. which would be nice. I hope he does. He, he's good at episodes. He's not so great at, at uh, show running. <laughs> so we have like a three-way uh, similar story uh, between the two doctors and the soldier from World War One. They all kind of have to come into acceptance of death, right? Mm-hmm. But it's, uh, they only not only accept death, but they accept um, the good and the bad and everything that comes along with it. Right. Um, and so at this point, I'm, I think they have to kind of decide what to do when it comes down to saving or and or no, killing the guy, right? Right. So the only thing and the doctor basically comes up with a solution so that uh, he de- he delays it by just a few hours because he recognized the time zone from where he was from, um, and that was uh, what's it? Do you know what that's called? That time when um, when they all just kind of stopped stopped doing war so they could celebrate Christmas and then went back to it. I. I forget what it's called. That is a real thing. That is a real thing. I, I remember when they when they started singing, I was like, "Is that what this is? Is 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 that yeah. what they're doing?" And then they, of course, definitely said said it was by the end there, uh, which ultimately saved his life. Mm-hmm. I'm not entirely sure how the testimonials feel about that, but right, apparently they're fine with it. Um, but that was a cool reference to an actual real life uh, moment in history. Uh, I'm trying to think of the movie I saw this in or the TV show I saw this. In. Uh, I don't know, but I. I've but heard I, of it before. I, it, I that. <laughs> right. I've I heard about it before, and it was done in a movie before, and it was done pretty well. And this is a good example of that, too, except this is not a character that actually exists. But he is related to, uh, to the Stewart. Uh, Lethbridge Stewart. Yeah, so this ends up being, I'm guessing it's going to be the Brigadier's father. Uh, yeah, so... Uh, People are actually thinking he was going to be the Brigadier before the... Oh, really? Uh, yeah, basically yeah. he says, uh, he said, look after my family, right? He mm-hmm. says, look after my family, and then he says uh, his name is... Archibald Hamish Lethridge Stewart, which let me just click here just to make sure is um, okay. So was a member of the Lethridge Stewart family. Uh, he had a brother named Alistair, who is the grandfather of Brigadier. So he is the great. Uh, no, he is the. I don't know what that is. Just it's like a grand uncle or something like that. Is it? I thought it was like. Yeah. It says. It says this. It, this guy. Uh, this guy's the brother of the grandfather of Brigadier. Okay. <laughs> it's kind of strange that they did that instead of make, it, just making him the it, grandfather. It, right. That, that is strange. So. So he brings. It, that's ultimately also what makes this episode a Christmas episode. Right. <laughs> um. Because otherwise it really wasn't, other than snow. And then this, this is basically the end of the episode here. Well, um, we have we have some cameos. So. Uh, yeah, the first Doctor left to regenerate, and then they did another thing where it, it morphed into... The original footage. The old series, yeah. Which is the only footage um, I think they had of that episode was the actual regeneration, so they could use that. 
Um, but now, uh, so, so in the end he sees Clara, which I'm, I'm, I'm thinking is, uh, this is, this is the result of the deal of, of the testimonials. That's what I was thinking they were saying from the earlier. So they bring Clara back, uh, and then they also bring back Nardole. Now here's my, my, uh, my theory here. I think, uh, Clara I, I'm sure she went on her hundreds of years of, of adventures and then eventually got picked up by the testimonials and got uploaded to their cloud. And Nardole, we know he was on the ship that was uh, that was affected by the black hole. He was down in the deep part of the, that ship. So his lifespan probably passed very quickly from our point of view. And then he got probably uploaded. Which I don't know how long he lasts because he's a cyborg, but even if it's hundreds of years, he's probably didn't uh, his lifespan probably didn't take too long to go through. And then and then he got uploaded to the testimonials as well. That's what I'm guessing. So these aren't just like uh, they aren't like looking at the doctor's memories or anything. They're actually those people's memories. And so they were able to give back the memories of Clara because of that, which as we remember uh, the uh, you know, doctor was forgot had but his memories they gave wiped. him back gave the memories back and by the way people were theorizing that she'd show up because they said that she was seen at the you know in the studio or whatever but wasn't there for long and then she had like a twitter post or something that said she, she was just saying goodbye to everybody before leaving um, uh-huh. but they're like they could have shot well I, I don't know, you know i don't know they, about you but she looked cgi to me <laughs> She looked a little bit CGI. I think she might have been like green screened in. She might. I think green screen for sure. But I also almost feel like she. I feel like the CGI part of her might have been hair. Like she had different hair, and they wanted. Well, to they could have done a wig for back. that. But yeah, I don't know. Like wigs never work. I don't know. <laughs> they use wigs <laughs> a lot on this show. Uh, <laughs> yeah, for different. Bill might have. Um, I wonder if Bill was wearing a wig or not because uh, they said they Bill said the they uh, originally weren't planning to bring Bill in. Um, but uh, so she was in America at this point, and while they were writing the episode, Stephen Moffat said he was about twenty or thirty percent through the through the script, and he realized you have this this like sexist guy of the first Doctor, and why would you why would you not take that and put it up against Bill, which is like the perfect thing to bounce off of, right? Well, that makes sense. Also, uh, before you know Matt Smith turned into Peter Capaldi, they had the argument of why are you trying to be young all the time, and then. He turned off. Right. And now they're having the sexist uh, argument about why you can't say this and everything. And then he turns into a woman. <laughs> That's true. Uh, we always say, we always say uh, that whatever's happening before before the regeneration seems to always influence the regeneration itself and then and i guess that's what you could say here uh and then he has this big long speech at the very end uh before he regenerates good speech. about basically giving the new uh doctor some points. which is basically Stephen moffat telling uh chris chibnall this is what you should do with the show <laughs> Yeah, be kind, be generous, never say your name. Uh, Only blah, children, blah, 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 he said like children can hear the name, which I thought was cool. That That's apparently an idea that Peter Capaldi came up with, which this is, this yeah. is Stephen Moffat saying that his name is not Doctor Who, by the way. Um, <laughs> is it? Is it? <laughs> uh, uh, because people won't understand. But also he said never eat pears. Did you catch that? Do yeah. you know what that's a reference to? No. So if you, if you have the, which you do have the DVDs of uh, David Tennant or the Blu-rays, is it DVDs? Um, yeah, anyway, DVDs. on the, on the human nature uh, and uh, well, I don't remember Family of Blood. Remember those two episodes? How he turned into Matt Smith. He left a DVD for uh, for Martha that had all his instructions, 
uh, David Tennant had to basically fill that DVD with a bunch of nonsense in the middle so that she could fast forward through it. And one of the things he puts in there is never eat pears. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so that was a reference to that. Yeah, that was pretty good. Um, Anyways, he's having this whole thing. He's uh, telling the new doctor and telling uh, Chris Chibnall uh, what the doctor is before he regenerates ultimately. And his last lines are, Doctor, I let you go. Right. Yep. And then the first words of the new lady doctor is oh brilliant. Yes. Or ah brilliant or something. And uh, I think it's it's, course, it's her have... realizing that she's a woman and she she puts yes. this big grin on her face and says oh brilliant. And uh and all the fanboys cried out horror. Um, I, I I think you're overstating. I think uh on certain communities like you said the Facebook page seems to be filled with a lot of uh, negativity on it. But if you go to like uh the Reddit uh page or the even the YouTube Kind of comments seemed okay with it. Well, I'm talking. Okay, Doctor Who official page. Also, the Doctor Who community group, which is a closed group that has millions of people on it. A lot of them are the same way. Uh, and it's just preposterous. I think it's I. Like, Last episode. Ever. I think it's probably limited to certain communities like that. Um, like I said, when I go when I went to uh the Reddit community, or and I also looked at the comments on the Regeneration video on YouTube, and they seem to be positive. So I, I think, for the most part, people probably are positive. Um, and, and I think it's also going to probably bring in some new viewers to Doctor Who as well. Um, um, I think so, too. I think it'll be like a whole new generation. This is another Matt Smith moment where it's going to be the beginning. I did, I, um, I did uh, hear some, some jokes about this. So... <laughs> The doctor immediately turns into a woman, and the doc and, and then immediately crashes. The well, I wasn't thinking that the TARDIS was expelling her because she's a woman. Yeah, well that, too, uh, yeah, so that too, or or is it? You know, people were making jokes about drivers, I guess. So. Well, yeah, people were gonna were saying that was either gonna happen or she was immediately gonna figure out how to actually drive the thing and how the um it will never make the sound again. Uh, the grinding. Oh, that was so that was reverse thing. Well, yes, but they were uh, a lot of the women who drew, knew how to drive it and knew how to drive it right. Yeah, yeah. there was there was two uh, different women that knew how to drive it better than than the doctor. But I think that's just right, I just were, think that's just that the doctor is kind of ignorant on, on the TARDIS a little bit. Anyways, she falls out of the TARDIS. That's how it ends. Cliffhanger. And the TARDIS, um, if and you look closely, the TARDIS does disappear at the end. I have a feeling what's going to happen is the TARDIS is going to catch her. Maybe throw her into the pool yeah. or something. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, that, that sounds. That probably sounds about right. Um, but then there are more. What's not going to happen is she's not going to regenerate again. Okay. Yeah, there was jokes that no, she no, that no. this is you know this it's going to come back and the and the doctor just falls onto the ground, dies, and regenerates again. <laughs> But she's in the middle of a regeneration cycle, right. and she just heals right. anyways. Uh, but beyond that, there there are like set stills of them filming season eleven, and it's really just her walking around a town, and that's it. Uh, so okay, but then is... again, there's also a picture of her in her new costume as well. So yes, I I heard know, I heard there's a costume and maybe even TARDIS pictures. So uh... there's I don't know about TARDIS pictures. There's pictures of her. There's there's news of companion news type of okay. thing, um, and things of the nature. So. What's interesting um, is this: uh, the next series is not coming back until August or September, somewhere around that. It's said autumn, right? So, yeah. But that's interesting because they've been filming for about a month now, and it's going to be less episodes. So either they're ramping up the production value, or or something, because it's gonna that, that's a long time from beginning of filming to airing. Yeah, they're giving people time to recuperate themselves. They're either gonna either they're they're 
uh, changing the way production works, or they're going to maybe have more post-production on their series? I don't know. I'm, I wonder, like, better visuals. That would be that. cool, yeah. Okay, there is there is a theory, um, uh, and this is something I wanted to mention, too. Um, uh, I don't know if you noticed, but throughout the episode, there was a ton of, like, old music from uh, earlier uh, Doctors and stuff playing throughout the episode. Uh, Murray Gold has been doing uh, the music for these first 12 seasons of Doctor Who, and there's rumors that he might not be coming back. I thought there was already confirmed that he's not coming it was, back. I, as far as I know, it was just a rumor. I haven't heard any confirmation yet, but, but yeah. So so he might not be coming back, but if that's the case, that's probably why he was throwing in a bunch of the old themes. Like I, when uh, after the Doctor regenerated, I heard some stuff that sounded like... Uh, uh, Eccleston music. Um, <laughs> the only thing I, I told Andy about this before, I have a concern about the accent. She said two words, and I did not understand them. I later saw it with subtitles saying, you know, oh, brilliant, which is what they thought. But I, even re-watching it with the subtitles, I couldn't understand what she was saying. Part of it was because it was a lot of loud noises were happening at the same time. Like right uh, now? But at the same <laughs> Like right now, and and so some of that was interfering with what I was hearing, but I still had no idea what people. So I would I I would say uh, to that I would say go watch Broadchurch. Um, the first season's the best, but uh, watch Broadchurch. She is uh she plays the mother of uh of uh of a miss a a uh, I don't remember how to how to word this without spoilers, but there, but a mother that's involved with an investigation. Um, and 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 she's in all three seasons, but uh the first season's the best. So you'll you'll be able to get a get a picture of where and it's a good season it's a good show and chris chibnall uh you know created it so you get an idea maybe of of his style although it's probably different from what he's going to do with doctor who um right but still you'll, you'll be able to get an idea of her accent from there and what i think is uh scottish accent is technically thicker than probably what what she's doing um i i do think capaldi did have less of a thick uh, Scottish accent um, compared to what he could have had. Um, and, you know, you have Eccleston, who is also from the north. She's also northern. So we've had other accents like this. Um, so I don't think it'll be too bad. I think it's just once, once – you'll, you'll need some actual dialogue to start uh, – getting an idea of it i think it'll be fine okay <laughs> i won't need to watch it with subtitles no well did um, you need to watch uh capaldi with subtitles because i think his accent was probably the hardest to understand out of all of them sometimes he said some weird words but for the most part i understood what yeah. he's saying so i think you'll be all right all right so out of gosh that's good that that's a good christmas special solid episode i i, 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 um, I, I oh this is it, it's tough uh, I, I kind of want to give it a 10 just because it's got, you know, it's got the first Doctor and it's the, you know, Peter Capaldi is at the top of his game. It's got all these cameos and it's got the new regeneration as well. And the regeneration scene was perfect. I want to give it a 10 for that reason. But then again, the, like, there's no threat. It's not, it's not, yeah, it's, it's not, not really about a that. Though. It's, a, it's more about. It's an internal yeah. uh, dilemma. And it's more than an internal dilemma. It's an internal dilemma that is shared among, like, three people right. and how that all fits together. Uh, yeah, I, I, I still do want to say 10. I just wanna because it just feels like it deserves it. Yeah, it it does. It does feel like it's missing something in terms of story, but I, I, I think it just has to be a ten, just with all the epic stuff that goes with it. Right. 
I, I would I would agree, Ten. Um but seriously, um yes, there has been some praise and good lucks to her uh in the role. Mm-hmm. Um but there's also but I feel like it's a complete like divided amount of fans. Some people are not sure. A lot of people hate it and they're done with the show. Uh or at least say that. <laughs> well how many people said uh after Eccleston regenerated, I'm done with the show. <laughs> Or Matt Smith, you know, when 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 it turned into well, Matt yeah, Smith. Well, yeah, there's that cycle. There's that picture where it says the regeneration. I hate this person. Um, they're okay, blah blah blah. And then nobody else could be better than them. I'd say David Tennant was probably the circle. most accepted regeneration, just because I think there was a lot of fans wanting David Tennant to be the Doctor at the time. Um, but but uh, Matt Smith and Pierre Capaldi both had a lot of hate when they first started. Yeah. So honestly, and I think this I, kind of I'm, stuff it happens around, every time. I, uh, I, Peter Capaldi, I'd still. Say is probably he's down there. He's not my favorite. No, he's not. Right I now. think he did um, a really good job. I think he's solid. Uh, personally, then I, I I'm trying to think of it personally, and I think for the most part it's the stories. Mm-hmm. And I think he's a good doctor, yeah. and he just needed better stories. My issue is with the way they handled his character in the first. Uh, well, really, I mean, I would say mostly the first uh, season of him, but there's a little bit of that in in season nine even. Like, where he's kind of like nobody else. Like, there's the problem I have. Okay, here we go. So, a lot of the time, uh, what I like about Doctor Who is when people say, like, the little people, the people that don't matter, and the doctor just like, I've never met anybody that doesn't matter, that sort of thing. This doctor was not like that. Well, I mean, he may have said that once or twice, but... He was basically a computer yeah, basically, when he was talking about things. He, he said, well, so what if this person dies or that person dies, you know? He, he, wasn't, he, he didn't really care as much. And that, to me, was a little off-putting. It didn't feel like the doctor. Um, but I do think he's good. I, 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 I have him as... One, two, three, four, five, six. I have him as uh, number six out of... Out of 13. So my list goes David Tennant, Christopher Eccleston, Tom Baker, Matt Smith, John Pertwee, and then Peter Capaldi. That's what, the best? That's Yeah, that's that's best. You have Christopher Eccleston as second yes, best. Yes, I have Christopher Eccleston as second best. Not his stories, but his acting. That's basically what I'm, I'm focusing on is acting and character. That's weird. After, I'm, uh... after Peter Capaldi, I have John Hurt, and then Sylvester McCoy, Peter Davison, Patrick Troughton, Colin Baker, William Hartnell, and Paul McGann as last. I came around with Matt Smith this time, and I was like, yeah, Matt Smith is probably my favorite. Better than David Tennant? Tennant. Yeah, and then David Tennant I would say in terms of stories, Matt Smith has has some really great stories, Uh, but David Tennant... And when I said that Matt Smith had the best speeches, I kind of had to take that back and probably say Peter Capaldi does. I don't know. Peter Capaldi has some zingers. I think Matt Smith still beats him out on speeches. Uh, Peter Capaldi has some... He's got the best speech. He has the best speech of all time, but I don't know if... I think Peter Capaldi has less speeches. He's got a lot of them. Uh, But but the ones he does... Sometimes he doesn't have speeches, right? Sometimes he doesn't have speeches, and then sometimes when he's just speaking, in just in terms of just talking about something, and it's not speech he does it well and it almost sounds like a speech because of how he's doing uh, but i don't know uh this is the end of uh peter capaldi he his collection blu-ray set comes out on february 13th and my birthday is the 16th just letting you guys know <laughs> um hint hint not like you just got a bunch hint, of gifts or anything like that so no no hint hint <laughs> and uh you can donate to my paypal <laughs> on uh do you have a paypal me uh yes <laughs> I think it's IAMDWG. <laughs> but um, but you can also 
it's it's on our Soto Podcast Automatic dot com too. So thumbs up. Um, don't know what uh she's gonna bring. Jody Whitaker is gonna bring to the table. Uh, we've known for a while who it was because uh, BBC couldn't wait to get the news out. Um, and as soon as the episode was out, and not for Americans, they're like, who cares? Here it is. Um, so you know BBC and their news and stuff like that. So it won't be back for a while. I don't know if we'll have an uh like a season in between or not. I can't even think of anything we would talk about. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, if you wanted to, we could do Broadchurch. <laughs> Just the first season, anyway. Probably not. No. I don't, I don't, it's I don't, good, though. Yeah, I, I'd still one. recommend watching it if you haven't. Uh, also, watch The Adventure in Space and Time if you haven't seen that. Those are those are some good uh, things to watch in the meantime if you're looking for something. Uh, i got plenty to watch. Well, for the viewers out here, or the listeners out here. For, for, our, for our faithful faithful listeners. Yes. Um. Anyways, do you have anything else to add about this uh, episode, this Christmas special? I don't. All right. Well, either do I. Um. Thanks for listening to Small on the Outside. Um, throw us a comment, hit our like buttons, subscribe to us, and, uh, and that's about it. My name is Dave, I was the Time Lord with you this evening, and with me was... Andy! Who was the companion. Until next time, fellers, peace out, and have a good rest of the year. Peace out.